Georgia's DBHDD is urging people to store and lock away all medications to prevent theft and keep them away from children and pets. Old medications can be disposed at Dropbox locations. Dropbox locations can be found at opioidresponse.info. Welcome to the Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Thursday, August 24th. I'm Peter Biello. On today's episode, former President Trump is expected to surrender to authorities at the Fulton County Jail this evening. Governor Brian Kemp makes a surprise appearance at the Republican primary debate in Milwaukee. And how can eye movement therapy help people suffering from trauma? These stories and more are coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. Dozens of supporters of former President Donald Trump gathered outside the Atlanta jail today where Trump is expected to turn himself into authorities tonight. GPB's Sarah Callis was there. As Fulton County prepared for Trump to surrender himself on charges related to efforts to overturn Georgia's 2020 presidential election, his supporters protested in front of the jail. Daniel Demura came to the protest from Boston. He says he fully supports Trump and does not believe the charges against him are legitimate despite the evidence presented by the special grand jury. Yeah, no, I believe that this charge just shows that President Trump is really in between us and this corrupt judicial system. It just shows that he is the target. 18 of Trump's allies were also indicted in the case. For GPB News, I'm Sarah Callis. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis is asking a court to set an October trial date for the 19 defendants in the case involving alleged criminal interference in Georgia's 2020 election. Willis previously proposed a March trial date. The new request made this morning would move the trial of former President Trump and his allies ahead of the busy presidential primary season. Republican Senator Matt Brass of Noonan is calling Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis's indictment of Trump and 18 others politically motivated. He says the new state prosecuting attorney's oversight commission should examine Willis's actions. The commission was created by a new state law. Appointed members can remove or sanction prosecutors found to have neglected their duties. Governor Brian Kemp is slated to appoint the commission to begin work by October 1st. Former President Donald Trump has hired a new Atlanta attorney to help him fight his Fulton County election interference indictment. GPB's Donna Lowry has more. Veteran criminal defense attorney Steve Sadow is known for defending high-profile and celebrity clients, including musicians T.I., Rick Ross, and Usher. Defense attorney and former Fulton County assistant DA Clint Rucker faced Sadow during the prosecution of a defendant in the trial of former football player Ray Lewis. He is an absolute bulldog in a courtroom. Very tenacious. He is no-nonsense. Very aggressive. He understands the nuances with respect to the law to be able to take advantage of every single issue to benefit his client. Sadow said in a statement that Trump, quote, should never have been indicted. He is innocent of all the charges brought against him. He replaces attorney Drew Findling, who negotiated Trump's $200,000 bond. For GPB News, I'm Donna Lowry. Exclusively here on Georgia Today, we have more of Donna's conversation with attorney Clint Rucker about former President Trump's new lawyer, Steve Sadow. Over the years, uh, you know, we've talked many times. We've gotten to be on a personal level, I would say, friends. Um, but uh, I know him to be a very, very formidable adversary for Fonnie Willis and her team. Uh, he's going to bring a different style 
to the defense of the former president. And so, you know, so Steve is, he's, um, he's going to be something else. He's, uh, he's a character in his own right. Um, you know, he's represented people like T.I. You know, T.I. got charged a couple of years ago with an incident. I think he, um, they suspected he was uh, intoxicated and he had an altercation, you know, trying to get into a gated community. Uh, I think Steve Sadow also represents Rick Ross, um, you know, who owns, who's living in um, Holyfield's house. He owns Holyfield's old house. Uh, he and Rick, I think, are really good friends. Uh, he's represented him on several cases. Um, and, you know, and so forth and so on. So, you know, uh, he's, he's very, very experienced, Donna. Um, you know, and he's very expensive. Do you think his experience with Rico in Georgia is a factor in all of this too? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, you know, there are, you know, and Donna, you know this just from the coverage you've done, you know, in our legal community here, there are probably, I would say on the outside edge, probably less than 20 really high-profile, really experienced uh, criminal defense lawyers uh, who've been doing it a long time, uh, who have the capability to handle a really complex RICO case, either on the state level or on the federal level, right? And so, you know, when you, when you whittle that 20 down to maybe the top 10, uh, clearly Steve Sadow was in the top 10, uh, you know, he may be even in the top, um, you know, two or three. So I think it's going to be really interesting, you know, going forward. Um, you know, there's going to be, um, you know, um, behind the scenes, there'll be lawyering. It's what I call lawyering going on at a very high level. Um, you know, you are talking about very smart people. Uh, on both sides of the coin, you know, with respect to um, this prosecution. Um, you know, certainly Fani is no, um, you know, small fish. Uh, and then on the other side of the coin, you know, we've got real prominent lawyers lining up, you know, to represent the people who are accused. Defendants Mark Meadows and Harrison Floyd surrendered to authorities at the Fulton County Jail today. Several others turned themselves in yesterday. The deadline for these defendants to turn themselves in is noon tomorrow. Governor Brian Kemp made a surprise appearance at the Republican primary debate in Milwaukee yesterday. Kemp appeared on the conservative podcast Ruthless to repeat his criticisms of Trump. I think the Trump campaign's making a big mistake by not being here. Uh, They are my loser tonight. Kemp is seen as a kingmaker in the GOP field, with several candidates courting his endorsement. If you like hearing the news from around the state here on Georgia Today, you'll probably like hearing how Georgia's agriculture economy feeds the country and the world on A Fork in the Road. I'm David Zelsky, and on The Fork in the Road podcast, we feature stories from Georgia's farmers, fishermen, merchants, artisans, chefs, and others who help provide Georgia-grown products to folks in the Peach State and beyond. Find it online at gpb.org slash podcasts or download it on your favorite podcast platform. A panel of state lawmakers is considering legislation that would make it illegal for teachers and any non-parental adult from talking about gender identity with minors without a parent or guardian's consent. 
A hearing on the bill yesterday drew a parade of opponents, including some religious conservatives. Taylor Hawkins of Frontline Policy Action said the bill challenges the independence of private schools. This bill, while not intending to do so, undermines parental rights in our code, accepts the indoctrination it tries to prevent, and inserts the government into private schools' ability to operate free from government coercion. Transgender people, their parents, and others argued the bill would further isolate already vulnerable young people. The bill's chief sponsor, Cordial Republican Cardin Summers, dismissed comparisons of the measure with the Don't Say Gay bill that Florida lawmakers passed last year. The state agency that oversees Georgia's Medicaid program is asking for about $7 million for a new initiative aimed at improving oversight of the private companies that manage health care for Medicaid recipients. The Department of Community Health's board today approved seeking the funds as part of the agency's fiscal 2024 mid-year budget request. DCH officials say most of the money would go toward adding 49 positions to help the agency predict where the Medicaid program is headed rather than being forced to react to budget needs. Intrusive thoughts, anxiety attacks, poor sleep, traumatic experiences can haunt people, and many struggle to move past traumatic memories, even through a range of therapies. But for some, one therapy using eye movement is helping turn past traumas into experiences to learn from and let go of. GPB's Ellen Eldridge reports. A traumatic brain injury and paralysis left former Marine Jess Geierman with nightmare-plagued insomnia and depression. Traditional talk therapy wasn't working. Neither did antidepressants or ketamine. So today, he's trying something new. Called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy, or EMDR. Geierman is already struggling when his 10 a.m. appointment begins. I just, I woke up to the news this morning that uh, a friend of mine killed himself. And, uh, I'm not having a great day. We won't hear Geierman's full session to respect his privacy, but therapist Marlo Taylor says the first step in an EMDR session is picking a traumatic moment to focus on, to visualize in the mind. Taylor explains how the technique works. The client holds that image in mind along with the negative cognition that's associated with it. So something like, I'm not good enough, I'm helpless, I'm stuck. Then the therapist asks the client to track her moving fingers with his eyes. Every few minutes, they talk about feelings. So some clients may feel a tightness in their chest or that their throat feels like it's closing or their hands feel clammy. Taylor reminds clients that, quote, feelings aren't facts. But those feelings felt in the body do reinforce how we remember traumatic experiences. Think about how you might tense your shoulders after an unpleasant memory. EMDR focuses on resetting that connection between the body and the brain. At the same time, allowing uh, the client to reprocess a memory that was improperly stored. Angie Heath is the community coordinator for Georgia's EMDR network of about 150 certified specialists. But she estimates hundreds of therapists throughout the state are using EMDR techniques for people with PTSD. These are really pretty horrific memories that people hold. So we always know that they're gonna have some type of emotional charge, they're gonna be sad, they're going to be um, hard to look at. You know, nobody's ever gonna take 9-11 and think, you know, oh, it wasn't that bad, like it was intense. Back in his EMDR session, Jess Geierman says he opted not to start with the most intense memory. 
But it, 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 it's saying. not like in my top 10 traumatic sure. moments. It was a good right. one to start with. Yeah, I agree. To see. After therapy, Geierman says he's amazed. And as incredible as this might sound, he says he could feel therapy working even before the session was over. I didn't anticipate it being as effective as it was. Not in such a short period. Uh, I'm, I've got a lot of optimism about this going forward. That was pretty profound. That was months ago. Geierman says he's been using eye movement desensitization therapy and working through memories one by one since then. He says he's still amazed. For GPB News, I'm Ellen Eldridge. A strong mix of corporate and leisure demand are contributing to a steady performance in Georgia's hotel market. That's according to a quarterly report on the state's hotel industry released yesterday by analysts at Collier's. The report finds financial hardships continue to plague Atlanta's hotel market, while Savannah and Augusta are showing higher per-room revenues. It also shows a sharp decrease in new room supply, attributed to economic headwinds. An Atlanta-based private equity firm is buying fast food giant Subway. The sandwich chain said today that it's being sold to Rourke Capital, a company with expertise in restaurant management. Terms of the deal were not disclosed, but this could help Subway expand and improve its stores. Rourke is a major investor behind multiple restaurant chains, including Arby's, Dunkin', and Buffalo Wild Wing. The Atlanta Braves beat the New York Mets last night 7-0. Marcel Ozuna homered for his third consecutive game, driving in four RBIs. Charlie Morton threw seven innings, striking out 11 and allowing only two hits. Morton says his pitches had life and deception, meaning those pitches were more about fooling a batter than about hitting specific parts of the strike zone. When there is the life there, when there is the deception, I get, I get away with more. And I think that's what, as a starting pitcher at least, for the most part, most of us, it's all about getting away with uh, our misses. Morton threw a season-high 109 pitches last night. Manager Brian Snitker says Morton's discipline and professionalism allow him to pitch so deep into games at 39, an advanced age for pitchers. As for Morton, he attributes at least some of his success to eating an oversalted meal the night before his starts. Years ago, he was advised to oversalt his food to avoid cramps he'd been feeling on the mound. I'm not a dietitian. I'm not giving anyone inv- advice. But since then, I mean, really, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But I've oversalted my food the day before I started, and I haven't really dealt with many issues like that since. Shoot, for all I know, that extended my career. Whether it's salty food or discipline or a combination of the two, we can't say. But we can say that it was Morton's third consecutive scoreless outing, tallying 18 innings in which his opponents just can't get around the bases. Morton and his fellow hurlers get a day of rest today before the Braves face the Giants in San Francisco tomorrow. Spencer Strider is expected to get the start. And that is it for this edition of Georgia Today. If you want to learn more about any of these stories, head on over to our website, gpb.org news. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, do it now. We'll be back in your podcast feed tomorrow afternoon. If you have feedback or a story idea, comment you'd like to make, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email. The address is georgiatoday at gpb.org. I'm Peter Biello. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.